God, I come before you and I pray that for anyone who is in this room today, at this time, right now, if they are struggling with the loss of a loved one or maybe not having nowhere to go tonight, um, that you would step in and that you would be with them. That your hand of mercy and grace and peace and comfort would fall upon their back. And that they would know that you are with them. And that they would be able to declare all is well. Because they know mighty counselor and wonderful God and the Prince of Peace. God, thank you for jumping into this world through your son, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. It's good to be with you. Merry Christmas. I'm Joel Wayne. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is just really good to have you. Um, We're going to be able to have an opportunity right now to, to look at a video. I was able to go recently to a local uh, tree farm and to be able to show you something that I want to make sure that we pick up on today uh, as we're able to speak about the hope of Christmas. So before we go any further, let's watch this together. Have you discovered the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of Christmas through all of the stories? Maybe there's traditions, maybe there's holiday fuss that's happening in your own life that doesn't allow for you to recognize the enormity of what the birth of a small child really means. There is hope in this life. There's hope in this world and it's all in the name of Jesus. How many holiday traditions do you have? I know one of our favorite Christmas traditions that we have for the Wayne family is we come and cut down a Christmas tree. And we love coming out and we pull the sled behind us and one of the kids cuts it down and they lay it on the sled and we take it back and we strap it to the top of the car and we get it home and we drag it in, just putting needles all over the places. They drop off the tree, right? But we finally get the lights on and the ornaments and we enjoy some hot chocolate and we talk about the blessings of Christmas as we decorate. Maybe you enjoy that same tradition. Another one of our traditions as a family is we open up Luke chapter two. Every Christmas morning, before we open a gift or to do anything else, and we read the Christmas story. We read the story of Jesus' birth. In fact, it tells us as Mary and Joseph in Luke chapter 2, I'd encourage you to read it this Christmas, but it tells us in that same passage right there that all of a sudden um, they're going for a census, they're going to register, and Mary's about to have a baby. It says that she was about to give birth, and then she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
I tell you, the traditions are amazing that we have. But the thing is, with the story of Jesus, what we learn is that God, that Christ Himself, He's all about the unexpected, isn't He? I mean, here is a story of this woman who is a virgin, who wasn't even married when an angel of the Lord, Gabriel, came to her and said, you're going to have a child. And by the way, he's going to be named Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. Another unexpected moment is when the angel came to Zachariah and Elizabeth and said, listen, you're advanced in years, you're barren, but you're going to have a child. Another example, later in life, Jesus is there and his first miracle, turning water into wine. Here they come and say, hey, listen, we're out of wine and could you help out? God's all about the unexpected. And I'm curious if sometimes the traditions that we have, the Christmas fuss of buying all the presents, of, of having family come into town and, and to make huge dinners, of making sure that we get to every party that we can get to, has it crowded out Jesus? Has Jesus been crowded out of our lives? Has Jesus been crowded out of our churches? Because we've brought so many other things into the mix. Think of it this way. Here we are at this beautiful Christmas farm, a tree farm where you can come and enjoy time with your family. And I think about it because you can come and you can buy a four foot tree and take it home and put it in your house. And maybe this is all the space that you have. Maybe you're in a 200 square foot apartment and there's 12 of you living in it. This is all the room that you can give. Well, sometimes that's what we do. We only give Jesus, we only give God so much room in our life to work, to do the miraculous, to do the wonderful, to do the awe-inspiring. And so we give Him that much room. But maybe you've seen the Rockefeller Center tree in New York City. It's huge. It is absolutely enormous. And God, when He stepped into the world and said, hey, here's my son, Jesus Christ, what he was doing is saying, I've got more for you than you can possibly hold. I have more for you than you can possibly manage. It's like taking that tree, something so much bigger than this, and trying to cram that tree from New York City into my living room, which has eight foot ceilings. It just won't fit. You can't imagine the enormity of God. And it all started with this small child coming into the world and altering humanity. Are you this Christmas, are you making enough room for Jesus? Or have the traditions, have the trees and the stockings, have they crowded him out? Are you making enough room for God to do more in your life? To step into the picture in a greater way and for you to recognize that he loves you and that he has so much more for your life more than you could ever know more than you could ever imagine more than you could ever hold because he is so great are you making enough room for jesus that's the thing you know, god stepped into the world in the giving of his son jesus christ and he did the unexpected that's what God's so good at doing. God does the unexpected. He did it time and time again. As I mentioned in the video, he certainly did the unexpected when he spoke to Mary and said, hey, you're going to have a child. His name will be Jesus, and his throne will have no end. 
He did the same type of unexpected when Jesus, even as he was an adult, he ministered to people like the woman at the well. People that nobody expected him to minister to, and they even thought that it would be wrong for him to minister to. He says, no, don't you understand what he was letting people know is I've come for everyone. He did the unexpected when he used people like David, a shepherd even. And he said, you know what, you're going to be king. He did the unexpected when he called out people like Gideon, who was just, he was the lowest of low, the least of all the different branches of the, uh, the, the line of the people of Israel. And here comes God and says, I want to use you to do something remarkable. He, he did it over and over again. God works by doing the unexpected. And I think the question for us today on this Christmas Eve is evaluating whether or not we'll allow, will we, will you allow God to do the unexpected in your life? Will you let him do the unexpected? Because that's where he excels because one of the things I've learned in life is God gets all the glory when he does the unexpected. Isn't that a good thing? You can't say, well, I had this planned all along. This is exactly what I had mapped out. No, God steps in and he does the unexpected. And we worship him for that and we praise him for that. Will you allow God to do the unexpected in your life right now? Will you make room for whatever he is wanting to do? You know, I got to tell you, so often what happens in our lives, we, we do love our traditions and there's nothing wrong with the traditions. You just saw one of my traditions. There's other traditions I have as well. Um, one of the things I love to do, uh, I just get really happy about it. don't know why, but um, I love after the various services that we have on Christmas Eve, I go home and I eat um, a four-pound piece of red meat. Um, it's like when I splurge, I go all out and I go to Costco. I get three grocery carts and I just fill it up. And I take it home, literally this morning, I ran uh, to church early this morning to get things ready. And I was like, guys, I'll be back in a little bit. I had to go home to get what? I had to prepare my meat, right? Isn't, and like, seriously, you cut it and you get it ready. And maybe you're a vegetarian, but just bear with me for just a moment. Um, like, I can, that's when the angels come into my house and start singing, behold the glory of God. Like, it's just so good to me. And I get ready. It's a tradition for me, right? And we all have those traditions that we want, and some of them really don't matter. That's why I shared that with you. But we make such a big deal out of it, but they don't really matter at all. But yet we've defined how we want our life to go and how we even want to walk through Christmas and how we want to experience family and how we want to interact with our neighbors. We've already determined what that is. In fact, we, some of us have already determined how we will allow God to speak into our life or whether or not we'll actually allow God to speak into our life. And yet God works in the unexpected. Will we allow, will you allow God to work in your life in the unexpected? God did the unexpected when he gave his son, Jesus Christ. If, if you're not a believer, I need to tell you this real quick. Uh, maybe you, you come to church and you go, yeah, I always hear about the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel is good news. Here's what the good news is. All right? The people of God, what they would do is they would always make mistakes. And you can never hear this enough. I don't care how many times you've come to church. You can never hear the good news enough. 
no matter what they would do, they kept making mistakes. And so they would come to the altar of the Lord in the, in the temple and they would make a sacrifice in order to pay for their wrongs and to say, God, we won't do this anymore, and to repent, and to confess, and to say, here I am. And they kept doing it over and over because they kept making mistakes. And God stepped into the picture and said, you know what? You, you can't do it on your own. And so instead of continually making sacrifices, I'm going to give you the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God. He will be my son. His name will be Jesus. Here he is for you. So that all who believe and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. That's the message of Jesus Christ. And he said, you know what? I've come for everybody who puts their faith in me. That's the good news of Jesus. That's what this really means. That's why we're here at 4 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. To recognize that God excels at doing the unexpected. And so we recognize this. But yet so many times, even though we understand that God is anything but predictable, we restrict what God can do in our lives. I want to read for you Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read 5 through 7. But this is actually from the New Living Translation. It's a great translation of what's happening in verse 7 at least. Um, It's a powerful thing because here's what's taking place. you got Mary and Joseph. We already know they're in Galilee, right? They leave Galilee. He's going to Bethlehem because he has to register. He's of the line of David, and there's a census, and he has to be able to register uh, with Mary. And so that's what they're going to do. And as he's going, he he gets to Bethlehem, and all of a sudden, Mary looks at Joseph, right, and says, Hey, guess what? Going to have a baby. Joseph looks right at her and says, no, I'm not ready for that. Um, Mary, of course, says, no, I'm going to have a baby. I'm just reliving what I said to my wife four different times. When she says, I'm about to have a baby, I said, no, 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 I'm hungry. Um, And she goes, what? Right? And so we go and have a baby. And so here they are together. And here's what it tells us. All of a sudden, it says that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him, in, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. You see, that's what's amazing to me is so often, all of a sudden, here comes Mary, and she's about to have the child of God, and Joseph all, has to go around and start going, okay, i got to find somewhere to have a baby. And it tells us that there was no lodging available for them. There was no room for them anymore. And because of all the, the traditions and the busyness and all the chaos that we now have made around this time of year, I, I can't help but to think that maybe, well, here, let me put it like this. What if, what if Joseph and Mary were here today, and she's about to have a child, and we lived in Bethlehem, and, and all of a sudden, here comes Joseph going, oh, no, my wife is about to have a child. And, and what, if, what, if, what if he came knocking at our door and said, I, my wife's going to have a baby, would we allow that? Would we make room for Jesus? Or do we already have everything planned? I'm sorry, I, we got things happening. After this, I, I've got some friends and family coming over, um, and I'm busy. Or you know what? I, no, I, I, you know what? Tomorrow, full day. Uh, 
are you making room for Jesus to jump into your life and do the miraculous? Or have you already predetermined what God wants to do? Have you already predetermined how God can move and how God can work and what that can mean? Could, could it not mean that maybe on the way home after this service, you're stopping by a grocery store and you see someone by themselves and God puts on your heart, you know what, they don't have anywhere to go. And so you walk up to the individual and say, do you have anywhere to go? Do, do you want to come have dinner with us? Do, do we actually think it's impossible for God to work like that when he's already worked through the impossibility of allowing his son to come into this world to die for us, to be rose from the dead so that we might have victorious life eternally through him? Or maybe you recognize that tonight as you're about to have a dinner that you have a friend next door or a neighbor that maybe you don't speak to that much, but they don't have anywhere to go. And so you go and knock on their door and say, hey, will you come over for dinner? And you're thinking, well, we don't have enough dinner for them. Pull out some bread. The richness of the fellowship will be far greater than the food in your mouth. Are you allowing God to do the unexpected in your life? Are you allowing God to do the unexpected in your life. It really is like that tree from Rockefeller Center that I was speaking about in the video where maybe we don't make enough room. It's this giant tree, right? I've been there. Maybe you've seen it on TV, if not in person. And it really is enormous, taller than this room. It is just gigantuous. And you look at it and you go, wow. And it's like, here's what God sending his son into the world is like. It's like taking that and trying to cram it into my eight-foot living room ceiling. It simply won't fit. The love and the power of God through Jesus is too great for you to handle by yourself. And so why won't we allow God to do the unexpected in our life. God's all about the unexpected. God is all about the unexpected. And so then he sends his son doing the unexpected. He sends his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. And the coming of Jesus into the world is hope bursting onto the landscape of humanity. It's grace and it's forgiveness bursting onto the landscape of humanity. That's what Jesus' coming is. Will you allow for God to do the unexpected in your life? Or maybe you've pushed Jesus out. You just don't make enough time or energy for him. And you say, you know what, this is, this is something I have to evaluate. This is something I have to consider. Have, have you pushed Jesus out of your life? Have you given Jesus enough room to truly be present in your life? And what would it look like for us this Christmas to reevaluate how we enter and walk into a new year, how we experience the birth of Jesus Christ by saying, God, come and do the unexpected. Come and do more in my life than I could possibly imagine doing on my own. Come and do the unexpected. You don't have to understand the fullness of the deity of Christ. You never will. It's called a mystery. 
but you can place your faith in Jesus Christ the son of the living God, and experience a life that is simply not possible for anybody else to have. That's the beauty of the coming of the Messiah. God jumping into the world and doing the unexpected. One of the requests I have of you, there's two things I would like for you to do in the next 24 hours. One, when you wake up tomorrow morning, before you open a gift or look at anything in a stocking or whatever those traditions are for you, I'm going to ask that you all read Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. So kids, real quick, look at me. Don't get onto your parents. Blame Pastor Joel. Parents, I'm taking the heat for you. The first thing I want you guys to read, and the first thing I want you to do is to open up Luke chapter 2 tomorrow morning. And I want you to read about the real gift named Jesus Christ. Another thing I'd like to invite you to do is is maybe take that card that's in the worship guide. And on on the back of that card, it it asks that question, is how is Jesus being pushed or crowded out of your life? Is he being pushed? What, What is it in your life right now that is maybe not leaving enough room, enough space for what God is wanting to teach you? And I'd invite you to talk about that with your family, with your friends, whoever you might be with. Make a phone call and say, hey, can, can I ask you a question? Do you have anything in your life that maybe is keeping Jesus from really consuming your life the way he desires to? Are you willing for God to do the unexpected in your life in such a way? Maybe another way of saying it is this. Are you ready for God to do the miraculous in your life? Are you ready for God to do the miraculous in your life? To do the unexpected? I think sometimes that starts with just sitting with him. Breathing him in. And recognizing he is a, he is a good God. Full of mercy and kindness and love and gentleness. Will you let God jump into your life and do the unexpected? I'd like to invite you just to sit with Him right now. He might be knocking. He might even be saying, I want in. Will you give him the room? Will you make space for him? It'll change your life. And so right now, I'd like to invite you to sit. To not only listen to the knocking, but to open the door on the mercy that is Christmas and the gift that is Jesus.